enter into rest. Excellent. Will you get her a candy bar, please? Nice. Hey, you didn't answer. Good things come to those who are, are pay attention. So that's our theme, entering in. Entering into what? Rest last week, right? I'm talking about is entering into God's presence this week. I, I, I know, that's why I didn't give you a chance. <laughs> Smile. It's, it's interesting, you know, what, several of the things for me, I'm just going to give you the right up front, how do you enter into God's presence? I'm going to give it right up front, and then I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures. But the way you enter in, yeah, just entering in, right? See, just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you here. Okay, so I'm a little tired, okay? I, I, I spent the whole night last night dreaming about mufflers. I woke up this morning, I was exhausted. Sorry. It's my best dad joke, okay? Thank you. Nice. Nice. Dang, I lost the game. Thanks. So, so the, the things that I want you to think on is, is that you can't enter in the presence unless you go through the blood of Jesus. Okay? You have to go through the blood of Jesus, but then when you enter, you enter in worship, and you enter in prayer, and you enter with thanksgiving. And when you do that, you enter into his presence. I mean, that's a promise. And I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures, and we're going to chew on that, but I want you guys to think about that. If I, if I really want to get into God's presence, how can I do that? Hey, I'm hearing way too many talking. You guys got to have eyes up here. I mean, if I don't have eyes up here, I'll fall asleep, okay? So, so help me. Help me here. So if you'll pull up Exodus chapter 40, we're going to look at uh, verses 34 through 38. And just a little background on this. Um, they have spent some time. Moses, they've just left. They have gone to Mount Sinai. They left Egypt. They went across the Red Sea. They're out in the wilderness. They're near Mount Sinai. You know, they've sinned. They've done bad things. They've turned from God. They've done all kinds of bad things. And now God's got them. They, they, they built the tabernacle. They built this tent. And they built this huge thing. And if you want to read about how they did it, all of the things are in, in chapter 40. Or, or in the previous chapters of Exodus. But this is Exodus 40. And uh, you got it? Okay. 30, chapter 40, verses 34 through 38. It says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it, and the glory of the Lord Filled the tabernacle. I mean, if that doesn't excite you. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day, and at night, fire glowed inside the cloud. So the whole family of Israel could see it. 
This continued throughout all their journeys. So as you can see, God's presence was visible to the people. He was there. His presence was there. And, and just prior to this, Moses anointed Aaron and his sons, and they put on all of their ephods and all of their garments, and they got anointed with oil. Breastplate, it's, a, it's neat stuff, that, very pomp and circumstance, but it was, a, it was kind of a, a cool thing. Come on in, you guys. And so that's, that's what God did was he, he, he brought in his presence, and everyone could see him. He was, uh, he filled it in such a way that Moses couldn't even go inside. And it's interesting, if you, if you look through, there's a number of different places, and I challenge you to go look up, just Google the Shekinah glory of God. And so when Solomon built it, huh? You can call it Shekinah. I call it the Shekinah. But Shekinah, it's God's glory. S-H-E-K-I-N-A-H. Shekinah or Shekinah. I've heard it both ways. So, so um, but what I'm saying is, is when, when, Mo, when Solomon built the temple, because David couldn't, Solomon, his son, did. And when he did, the glory of the Lord filled it, the temple. And it was the same thing. The priests couldn't go in. So, but one of the things about the temple is that God built this thing in a way that there was a center place to this temple. And it was called the Holy of Holies. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant sat, which had the Ten Commandments, and it had some manna in it, and it had some other things. So, but it was, uh, and, and what sat on top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat. And, and then there was lamps, and there was all kinds of things but the crazy thing about it is, is once they built the temple, one priest, once a year, got to go into the Holy of Holies. And I, I, I just, when I think about it, it breaks my heart that, that they could only do that. The, the interesting thing was is that the nation of Israel walked away from God. They didn't seek God, and they didn't, they didn't stay in his presence, and they, they, they sought after other things, and they ended up losing their land and getting carried off. The nation of Israel got carried off by the Syrians. Judah and, and, and half of Benjamin got carried off by, by the Babylonians, and so they got taken to other countries, and they actually... In Babylon, they stayed for 70 years. And when they came back, they, uh, they built a new temple. And they started worshiping again. But we never, you know, they, we, we read again about the Shekinah glory of God coming back in. <laughs> Thank you. You're so funny. But the interesting thing is, is they, they were able to continue to do those things and do the temple worship and do sacrifices even up until Jesus came. I need you guys. This is important. So, so just, hey, Sam, I need you, bud. I need you guys. I'm going to start saying names here. So I, I'm, I'm, 
I got a message tonight that I want you guys all to hear, and I don't want you to be distracted because the reason why I'm sharing this is because God's laid this message on my heart for you guys. Hey, hey, Ian, I'm going to call you out, man. I need you guys. I need you to listen. I need you to pay attention. Don't, don't, don't come in and interrupt, okay? That's what I'm going to say. I, I love Jesus. I love him with all my heart. And, and I love what he has done for me. And I want what he's done for me for you guys. And, and I just believe that, that God has a message for you guys tonight. And if you'll listen, God's going he's, he's to rock your world. I know he has mine. He just has. I mean, I, I just know there's so much that God wants to do more than what he's ever done in my life. And, and I'm 60. I'm 63. Yeah! I'm, I've lived a few years. <laughs> nice. So when Jesus died, when you read it in, in the book of Matthew, it says that that, that curtain that separated the temple part, Ian, I need you, man. It temple, the temple part from the Holy of Holies was torn. And, and what that meant was is that Jesus ended the interior of the Holy of Holies and made it so that if you put your faith in Jesus, if you believed in him, that temple is torn in your heart. And God comes and lives inside of your heart. And that's what his word says, and that's what I'm going to share with you tonight. And I, I think it's so important that you guys understand this. It's, it's, it's what tore my life apart and, and put it back together in a more, more precious way. And, and so when, when I say that, my body is now the temple of God because he lives inside of me. And she's right. Yeah, it's exciting. And if, and if you've become born again, your body is a temple of God. And his Shekinah glory lives inside you. And it's there for your access. And unless you access it, you're not going to experience it. And he wants it for you. And so that's why I'm sharing this with you. Because I just know that your lives will be different. Because my life's different. I was selfish. I'm not selfish anymore, most of the time. <laughs> you know, there are moments I have to struggle. I mean, I'm human. And for me to say, I just got done reading 1 John. And if you've never read 1 John, you really need to read it. Because 1 John says, if you say you've never sinned, you're a liar. <laughs> I mean, he just calls you out because everyone sinned. And so I'm not going to come up here and say that I don't sin. So I want to read a few, few um, parts of Scripture. And uh, when you said 2 Chronicles 7, I went, no, you're not going to show me? Oh, you didn't. Okay. S- chapter 7, verses 1 through 3 of 2 Chronicles. I might just read it to you. you're trying to find it in your Bible, it goes 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles. 
And it's chapter 7, verse 1 through 3 says, When Solomon had finished praying, the fire came down from heaven. Listen to this. They just dedicated this, the Holy of Holies. They just dedicated the temple. And, and listen to this. It says, says, when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. I mean, wouldn't you want to be there? I mean, I would. When I, when I read Revelations and I see the picture of the throne room, I want to be there. I want to be there right now. I mean, I do. I'm, I'm not going to jump in front of a bus to get there because I know God has something for me. And I'm not going to do anything stupid to do that. But, but I want to be there. And when it's time, he's going to take me. I look forward to that. But when I read this, I see, man, but because of what Jesus did, your body is his temple. His fire can come down in your, in your heart and consume all of the desires that you don't want. And he can cleanse it. And he can make you pure. And he can give you a better life. And he wants to because he loves you. And he died for you. If you'll pull up Amos 5.4, I'm going to read you a few of these. And this is, this is a, a verse that says, Now this is what the Lord says to the family of Israel. Come back to me and live. My version says, seek me and live. So what it, the, I have the amplified version. And it says, seek me and live. Now, you might be saying to yourself, I'm already alive. <laughs> Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were walking dead because they sinned. See, when, when they ate that fruit, they died. And until something changed, which is the blood of Jesus, you're dead. So until you seek him through Jesus, you're not alive. But his promise says, seek me, and you'll be alive. I'm, you know, I'm going to read you a couple more. This is Jeremiah 29. 11 through 14. And we always read Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, the thoughts I have of you. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And when he says in those days, he's talking about at the end of the 70 years when they were in captivity away from God, they prayed And this is the answer, okay? So if you look for me wholeheartedly, and mine says, if you seek me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your land. That was his promise to the nation of Israel, which is also a promise to you. That if you seek him, Whatever you've lost will be restored. I mean, that's God's promise. If you trust him, anything you've lost, anything the devil has taken from you, because the Bible says the devil's come to kill, to steal, and destroy, and the things that you have lost, it's because the devil's taken it from you. But if you trust Jesus, God will restore it to you. I promise you. I went through a divorce. 
I'd walked away from the Lord. And, and I, I have a beautiful wife now because God has restored me. I confessed, and, and, and now I've been restored, and I've, I've been blessed. And, and it's something that if you, if you trust him, he's going he's gonna to give it back to you, anything that the devil's stolen. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1 and, 1 and 2 says this. If you seek him, you will find him. <laughs> he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you, is what it says. If you seek God, he will be found by you. But if you forsake God, he will forsake you. And I, I don't want that for anybody. I, don't, I mean, that's a, that's a verse that scares me. It hurts me. You know, it hurts when you see somebody that's turned their back on God and then their life falls apart because that's what happens when you, when you forsake him. So the beauty of it is, is, is Jesus shared this in Matthew. We've read a bunch in the Old Testament. I want, to, I want to read what Jesus said in the New Testament. Basically, he repeated that. Matthew six thirty three. M-A-T-T-H-E-W. You have to spell it right. I know that. I've been there. Now he says this, he says, but seek first all of his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. And when Jesus said that, he was talking about, it was in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and he was, he was sharing the answers. You know, he was sharing things. Hey, guys, stay with me. Stay with me. And I want to read, read one other one. So, so remember, if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he says everything else will be added to you. What does everything else mean? Else. <laughs> Thank you. It does, exactly. I mean, everything. He, he, if you seek him, he says everything else will be added to you. And I know sometimes that's hard, hard to, to grasp, hard to think about, but it's his promise. He's, he's going to take care of you. He's going to help you. He promises. Um, Matthew 7, 7 says, Keep asking, and it will be given you. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. And if he opens the door, guess what? You can enter in. That's, that's our, our theme, enter in, see? So if you knock, he'll open the door, and then you can enter in. I, you know, I, I read a bunch, of, a bunch of verses in 1 John. And if 
want to encourage every one of you guys to read First John. If you, have anybody read First John? First book? Wow. Nice. I did not read it first, but I did read it. Um, many times. But when I, when I read First John, so get this, okay? John was one of the disciples, the 12 disciples of Jesus. So Charlie, thanks. I said I'm going to call you out. <laughs> I did. So, so John was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, and he was the one that he wrote the book of John. J-O-H-N, that's not me. I'm J-O-N. But he wrote the book of John, and in the book of John, several times he said in that book, he said, and that disciple whom Jesus loved. John knew that Jesus loved him. And, and from what I read about Jesus, I believe that every one of the other disciples, if they wrote a letter like the way John did, they would have said the same thing when they talked about themselves. Because Jesus loved every one of his disciples, including Judas. He loved him because he died for him. Judas chose a different path. God doesn't make people choose the path. You have to choose. You have to choose Jesus. God's not going to make you choose him. That's the way he is. He, he tells you to seek him. He's going to call you. He's going to speak to your heart. And some of you, he's speaking to you tonight. He's telling you that you need to enter in. Because that's who God is. He loves you. He loves you, Charlie. Very much. And, and I do too. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I did not say that. Don't twist my words. I said, I love you too, Charlie. So, John, John was called one of the sons of thunder. He and his brother James, he was, you know, Jesus, Jesus had told him to go out, and then there was a couple of places that rejected the apostles. And when James and John came back, they said, you know, they rejected you. Why don't you send down Balls of fire, thunder, destroy them, wipe them out. I mean, that was John, right? Yeah. I mean, but, but I, I want you to get that, that John got it in the end, because this is what John said. When you, when you read 1 John, if you read the first, um, first chapter, the first five verses, do we have those? 1 John? Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do one through five. So it says, I thought I wrote that down there. My bad. We are writing about the word of life in him who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard, whom we have seen with our own eyes, whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our own hands. He's talking about Jesus because John got to touch him. He got to see him. He got to listen to him. He, had to, he got to feel his heart. At one point, I mean, I love the picture of, of the, the Last Supper, if you've ever seen it. 
John has, is leaning against Jesus and has his head on his heart. Could you imagine listening to the heart of the Son of God? Listening to his heartbeat? Have you ever listened to somebody else's heart? It's so cool. I mean, when, when you go into the doctor's office and they show the sonogram and you get to listen to your baby's heart, I don't know if there's a feeling that's much better, right? <laughs> Am I right? You're not, you're not going... Okay, all right. You didn't nod your head or anything. You were just like, I mean, I, to me, to hear the heart of God was amazing. You know, the heart of God through the baby. Thump, 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 because he created it. You know, when you read it, Jesus creates in the womb. And so that's John's heart, and he, and he knows that. And he says, and the life was revealed. And we saw as witnesses and are testifying to and declare to you the life, the eternal life in him who already existed with the Father and who actually was made visible with to us. I mean, they got to see him. And what we have seen and ourselves heard, we also are telling so that you may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us in this fellowship that we have, which is the distinguishing mark of Christians is with the Father with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are now writing these things so that you, so that our joy in seeing you included may be full and your joy may be complete. The reason why I'm reading this is because I have the joy and I want to share that joy. And John had the joy and he wants you to have the joy because he wrote the letter and he knew you'd be reading it. And he said in verse five, and this is the message which we have heard from him and are now reporting to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. And that's what he says. But I wanted to share a couple other verses in 1 John. Um, Verses 15 through 17. Do we have those? 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. Nice. Do not, now, now, this was John writing it, right? And, and he's, he's wanting you to, to understand this pretty deeply, I think. And he says this, he says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you, not, you do not love the Father in you. It's pretty hard words. He doesn't want you to love the world. He wants you to love him. (laughs) Okay? I mean, that's what it is. So let's look at the next one. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. So what you, you could say that first part up there, the world offers only the lust of the flesh. And then it says a craving for everything we see, which is the lust of the eyes. Anything you see. And, and then it goes on to say, and pride in our achievements and possessions. The very first sin that occurred in the garden had to do with those three things. Do you understand that? The very first sin that occurred in, in, in the Garden of Eden 
had to do with these three sins. And so it's important. They were all concluded there. The devil tempted Eve and Adam. Adam was right there with her. And he said, look at it. They looked at it with their eyes. And then he told them what it was going to do. And then the flesh kicked in. And then, he, he, and then you'll be like God. And the pride came in. Yeah, I want to be like God. So that was, that was what happened. And so you have to guard your hearts with sin with this. You have to remember that if you see something and it looks good, okay, is this going to be, is this safe for me? Do a check. Check on it. You know, because there's some things that you see that you probably shouldn't have. Okay? I'm, I'm just saying. And that's, First John is loaded with, with things to help you to walk and to, to enter into his presence. Because you know, really, he doesn't want you to sin. I can go through a bunch of these. But uh, let me look real quick. Thank you. So I'm, I'm going to skip through a bunch because I've, I've got a few more things I want to add. But in 1 John, and you don't have to pull this up, I got it. 1 John 4 says, in verse 15, it says, Anyone who confesses, acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he abides and makes his home in God. So did you hear that? If you confess, I mean, if you believe and you, that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in you. And if you read the book of John, it, it, in chapters 14, 15, and 16, it talks about Jesus had to leave for his Holy Spirit to come. And when the Spirit comes and we put our faith in him, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us and we become born again. And when you become born again, he lives inside of you. And not only that, this says, in him and he makes his home in God. I mean, the believer makes your home in him. So you, you're connected with him. He's there. He gets to speak to you. He gets to pour out his, his life into you. So that's, that's one of those things that's so good. And if you, if you read chapter 5, verse 1, it says, everyone who believes and adheres to and trusts and relies on the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is born again as a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves one born of him. One of the themes is, of John is that you must love other believers. <laughs> it says you must love other believers. Um, it's interesting. I... Uh, 30 years ago, 31 years ago, I uh, was watching Jay Leno. It used to be clean. You know, you could watch The Tonight Show. It was pretty clean. Um, you can't watch it anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a great idea. You can watch it. Thanks. So I was watching one night, and uh, they had a Harrison Ford was on there. So Harrison Ford, you probably heard he's in Butte, right? Um, he's been riding his mountain bike around town. People seen him. I went up and I watched Harrison Ford down on 
on Granite Street, right across from the courthouse, filming the thing. Huh? Huh? I didn't. No. They were filming, and I was working, and I was just, I had to go to the courthouse for something. Harrison Ford, hold on. Harrison Ford was Han Solo. He was Han Solo, and he was also um, Indiana Jones and the, all the Indiana Jones stuff. So, huh? He's both. So, so let me tell you. So, Harrison Ford. Hey, Krista, I need you. I need you. I know. I know. Okay. So, thank you. Yes. Indy. I would love to walk up to him and say, hey, Indy, how you doing? But uh, you probably shouldn't, right? Um, so, so I'm watching. Hey, I need you. I need you. This is important. I'm watching him, Harrison Ford. And so Jay Leno says to him, man, you made it. He said, you made it. He said, you have a beautiful wife, right? He says, you have beautiful children. You have houses on several continents. You have a jet that you can fly to each one of these continents. He says, you have cars that can go anywhere. You got all these cars, because he does. He has a collection of cars. And he says, everywhere you go, when you walk out on the street, people know who you are. You're successful. You're good, and people want you in movies. He says, you made it. How does it feel? That's what he said. How does it feel? You know what Harrison Ford's answer was? I don't know. He says, I'm empty inside. There's something missing, he said. I'm empty inside and something's missing. It's like there's a hole there. That's what he said. And I, I just, I committed my life to Christ six months ago. And, and prior to that, six months before. And... And, I mean, I'd commit, I, I had asked Jesus in my heart when I was your guys' age, but I didn't live for him. And so listen to me, okay? Because I think this is important. I had heard about uh, a theory of Pavlov. Not a theory. I think it's a fact. But, but he was a philosopher back in the day. And he basically, in the 1600s, said that every person that's created is born with a hole in your heart that has a vacuum that's sucking. And people try to fill it with anything and everything to try to fill it, to stop that that sucking that's inside that they're trying to fill. And unless they fill it with God, they're never going to be satisfied. That's what he said. And, and I heard that, and then I heard Harrison Ford say that, and I just heard God say, write him a letter. Right? I mean, have you guys heard that ever before? You, were, you just hear something in your head, Charlie? Charlie, did you ever hear God tell you to do something? I heard God say, write him a letter. And tell him about that, that I know that he's got a hole in his heart and that the only way he's going to fill it is with God. And, and I wanted to tell him that. So I started looking for his address and I tried to find it and I got busy and I forgot. 
and he never wrote him a letter. So, a couple months ago, maybe three months ago, um, I find out that our fourth floor of the Hennessy building is being invaded by the 1923 production crew. And they're, uh, they're uh, um, trying to put together this, this series that they're going to do and put on TV. And I, I heard about 1820, 18, what is it, 18, 1983 or what? No, eight, 1893. 1893. Yeah, yeah, but 1883 was another series that, that had Sam Elliott in it. And it's the same production crew. And this, this is kind of a spinoff from that. And it's going to be similar to that. So I thought, well, I should go watch some of this. So I turned on the first episode, and I watched the first episode, and I heard the F-bomb four times in the first five minutes, and we turned it off. So I don't even know what it's about other than it's a lot of strong language. 1883, which was a series that you got to Google it, but don't watch it. Don't watch it, Okay. But, but anyway, you know, I, I was like, okay. So then I found out, well, Sam Elliott's not in the ni- 1923, but Harrison Ford is. And I was like, and I remembered I didn't write him the letter, <laughs> right? Yes, and the production crew is right there, and I see him. And they invited us to lunch a couple times, and we had lunch with him. And so I'm, I'm like, I met the producer, and I said, write the letter. <laughs> I was like, what? That was 30 years ago. Well, God told me to write the letter. So I did. I wrote the letter. <laughs> I did. And then I went, okay, how am I, I going to get this to him? <laughs> so I thought, well, I knew they were filming. I was going to try to just kind of walk up to him and give it to him. But there was people around him, and it just wasn't going to happen. So I went to the lady that was in charge in the production, you know, the mom, like Don is at the country club, the lady that's the office manager. And I asked her on, yeah, Michonne. And, and I asked her, hey, can I get Harrison Ford's address? I wrote him a letter. She goes, I don't have his address. He says, but my people can get it to his people. She says, yeah, I'll give it to him. So I gave her the letter, and it was Friday. No, it was yesterday. So just yesterday, I gave it to her. So anyway, I've delivered a letter. So, I don't know. But I'd, I'd ask you to pray, but, but I did what, I was, what God has asked me to do, okay? I did what God would ask me to do. And so, you know, he also said, that I need to give you guys an opportunity to fill the hole that's in your heart. If you've never done that before, if you're right now, you feel like there's something missing and you need it. That's, that's what he's asking me to do tonight to you guys, with you guys is to give you the opportunity. Yes, Ian. I don't, I didn't get it. I, I know whose house he's living in right now. <laughs> I didn't get his address. I gave the letter to, to the production sh- secretary. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Ian, 
Ian, don't distract most. Okay? Thank you. So what I want you to what I want you guys to think through is am I in the presence of God? I, I want you guys right now to, to not talk to anybody else but to look at me. I need your eyes. I need everybody's eyes. Are you in the presence of God? Is, is he in your temple and are you talking to him? Danica, Maddie, is God talking to you? Are you in his presence? Because he wants you to. He wants you to be fully in his presence all the time. It's not just on Sundays. It's not just on Wednesdays. It's when you get up in the morning, he wants you to be in his presence. And that's, that's what Caitlin discovered. If you didn't hear her message, you need to listen to her message. On, I know. The message God gave her and Isaac's. You know, God wants you in his presence. And if you're not there, do it right now. Do it right now. I know I was out at the tent meeting and the pastor that was here from North Dakota, Minot, North Dakota, said, said, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, come forward when we're done. And then, and I was like, yeah, I just, I need to go. I need to go. And God you know, Pastor Tim got up and he did his closing thing and he forgot to say anything about it and they didn't do it. <laughs> so I went up to Tim and said, hey, didn't Pastor Travis say that we could receive the Holy Spirit tonight? He said, did. And Travis saw me come up and talk to him and he came up. And they prayed over me. And I was in God's presence. And it was in a presence that I was deeper than I've ever felt before. And, and I guess what I'm saying to you guys is that if, if you're faithful and you seek him, you'll find him. He will come to you. That's his promise right now. So I just want, want you guys to, to right now, just close your eyes. Just, everybody close your eyes. And you can, you can pray whatever you want to pray, but I'm, I'll give you a couple words to think about. So close your eyes, please, Maddie. And if, and if you're not going to do it, that's fine, but please respect everyone else and close your eyes. Because I'm not going to make you, I can't make you do anything. And it wouldn't bring God honor. But I would ask you to, to respect your friends and just close your eyes. And if it's something God's calling you to just come into his presence, say, God, I'm sorry. Sorry I haven't done this much. I'm sorry that I've, I've sinned. Please forgive me. Jesus, please cleanse me. Come inside me. Fill me. Speak to me. Guide me. Help me. Thank you for all you've done for me, Jesus. Thank you for your 
your life that lived to, to give me life and your death that, that cleansed me. Just pray that to Jesus however you want to. Father, I lift up everybody here. Thank you for their attention. Thank you for their willingness to listen. God, I pray that you'd, you'd help them to take away the distractions so that they can spend time in your presence. God, you are, you are faithful. You are, you are good. You are so good. And everything you do is good, and I thank you for that. Father, we just, I just lift every, everyone up in this room tonight and just pray you'd fill them with your, your presence, fill them with your Shekinah glory, fill them with your love. We just lift them up in Jesus' name. Amen.